You are listening to the Chits and Giggles podcast. Hello, I'm Russell, and today I'm joined by Ben. Hey, Russell, how's it going? Yeah, good. Uh, good to finally get another podcast going. Um, I know, with all the moving countries and things, it's quite difficult, mm. but... It's basically all your fault. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I've moved to the land of expensive board games and... Uh, Ah, uh, yeah, of course, because what is because right? How expensive are they, and how difficult is it to get hold of a game in Australia? Well, before so, we start, you know, before we start talking about the real stuff, let's talk about the. <laughs> <laughs> so, for instance, Camel Up. How much does that cost for you? Oh, um, probably like twenty-five or something. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, it's about twenty-five, twenty-six pounds. I last remembered, and at the moment, the Australian dollar. Uh, one pound wise about two dollars so camel up should probably be about 50 pounds 50 dollars yeah i saw it the other day in a shop for 90 dollars oh my goodness that's a lot yeah. wow um and there's a lot of australian uh board game stores they do get some games from the states and the australian dollar is quite weak against the american dollar the prices have been going up i've noticed over the last kind of couple of weeks some prices have gone up so as the australian dollar gets weaker uh and the American dollar gets stronger, games are just getting a bit more expensive for me, unfortunately. And, and new games, like, is it difficult to get hold of new games there? Um, well, for instance, everyone here is waiting for Pandemic Legacy, me included, and I mm-hmm. know that Esdivium in England are trying to get it in in March, but over here we've been told it's not going to be available until probably May. So I oh think God. Z-Man Games has Australia on the bottom of their... <laughs> uh, priority list for distribution unfortunately basically if if uh you know all this sydney in pandemic legacy would be the first to get outbreaks on, right? <laughs> pretty pretty much there's probably a <laughs> scenario i've yet to do yet where it's just like all of australia is dead move on <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't affect the game <laughs> yeah that's that's right because there's no one there we need to worry about <laughs> um all right so let's go let's talk about so today's chit is Good mechanics in bad games. And we've got yeah. a bit of a giggle later on, which should be fun. A new one. A new one. So, um, yeah. But let's get to the main topic, of course. So, when we say good mechanics in bad games, what we mean is get bad games. Games that we don't particularly enjoy. Games that we don't think are that great. But they have a really cool gameplay mechanic inside them somewhere. Um, I, do you want to kick it off, Ben? Yeah. So, one... Um which sticks out to me, and we played this game together, was Chaos Moss. And, ah, yes, Chaos Moss. Um, I didn't really enjoy this game very much, even though I ended up winning. So I, to me, that's always a good sign. If you win a game and still don't enjoy it, then that's not the game for you. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you essentially, in the game, there's one card, and whoever's holding that card at the end of the game is the winner. And you're all different aliens, and you're flying around the galaxy and going to different planets to search for this object. Um, but what you can do is you can either hold it in your hand or you can hide it on one of the planets and come back to it later to try and, you know, because people can attack you and try and steal yeah. your cards and stuff. That mechanic was awesome. The idea yeah. of, of having this one card and not knowing where it is, it's, it's, it's almost like old maid taken to the next level. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that mechanic. But unfortunately, for me, the game fell a bit flat um, and I didn't I... really enjoy the experience we had with it. I have to say, I did enjoy the game. I thought it was fun. And like you said, I, so I've never played Old Maid. I, I, I'm guessing, you know, it is just about getting that Old Maid card. That's what I'm well, guessing. The, it's the opposite. You you don't want the Old Maid. It's oh, like, okay. Uh, okay, fine. Whoever has fine. that card at the end is the loser. 
Okay, fine. So everyone else is a winner. Okay, that's fine. right. It's like yeah. that. All right. So um, I've never played that, but I really enjoyed the mechanic. Like you said, it's really cool. Um, I had it for the majority of the game, and I for some the thing is there's a card. I I can't remember exactly because it was a while ago that we played it, but there's some reason why you don't want to keep it in your hand. Um, is it because other people get to look in your hand if they beat you? Um, in combat, is that right? That's right. Or yes, something. if you can look through someone's hand, there's a card that lets you take a card yeah. from somebody's yeah. hand. Yeah. yeah. So you don't want to hold on to it indefinitely. Like you don't want to hold it on for the whole game. And so I hid it, and then you came in and snuck in at the last minute. But what I liked about it is the fact that I thought I was safe. I thought yeah. I played it really well, and then somebody did one thing that I was like not expecting, and they got the card and. Uh, and that was the other player, the third player, and then you ended yeah. up stealing it from them on the next turn, which is crazy, and I loved that. But I can kind of see, yeah, I can see why it's not everyone's yeah, cup well, of tea. Yeah, well, that mechanic was where all the fun of the game came from. Yeah. They're hiding the card and stuff. There's all this other stuff thrown in around it to kind of give it theme, which to me just detracts from the mechanic. I would love to see that mechanic in more of an abstract game, like when, like in Codenames, they came up with a mechanic and they just kept it simple, um, mm-hmm. And they didn't try and there's a theme attached, but it's not so much extra stuff added in to get the theme to work. I do um, seem to I... recall. I do seem to recall though that there is an issue with balance in that game because you were saying, "Well, my my power is not very good at all," um, and you thought that mine and the other players was pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, well, it's like that with any variable power power game. Some powers players will feel uh, aren't as good as others. I mean, I think the reason mm. I won in the end was because. Uh, one of the guys we were playing with, he his combat was all based on this one thing, and I had mm-hmm. one card which essentially cancelled that. Uh, so he came to attack me to steal at the last second, not knowing I had this card, oh, uh, yeah. which stopped <laughs> his attacking. Um, and yeah, I found that my power I wasn't really using during the game, but um, some of the others were being a bit used a bit more. But I didn't feel like that broke the game. I think the powers weren't... It's not like Cosmic Encounter, where if you have a really, really good power... Uh, it can drastically change the game for you. It's it's not a bad okay. thing about Cosmic Encounter though. Like okay. I love Cosmic Encounter. <laughs> yeah, you love Cosmic Encounter. <laughs> um, all right, so 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 yeah, of course. Now I have a, a choice as well, and mine. Well, let's say Lord of the Rings Risk. Now, if you like Lord of the Rings, obviously you're probably gonna, and you like Risk, you're probably gonna enjoy this game. Uh, I am not a huge fan of Risk. I get it, and I do enjoy it. And but we played Risk Legacy, and that was really good. Like games, yeah. which actually. Yeah you know, affect the future of those games, which are, you know, the legacy, which is like the legacy legacy, really, isn't it? <laughs> That's what was <laughs> going to happen squared. from now on. Yeah. Um, but in the game, Lord of the Rings Risk, as well as adding all these other crazy sort of rules about leaders and, and missions and all that kind of stuff, there is a really cool mechanic which dictates when the end of the game comes. And that is through using the Fellowship of the Ring. So if you've, if you know anything about the story, in the films or the book, obviously the Fellowship of the Ring have a specific purpose. They, you know, starts off with um, Frodo with the ring in in Hobbiton and then goes through, um, and again, I'm going to show my complete, you know, lack of memory about the books, but eventually they go through some stuff uh, and then they end up throwing the that ring into, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the summary, yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, with that story, 
the the ring on the board actually follows the path that the ring would take in in the story and when it gets to the end that is the end of the game so you only have until the end of their story to actually finish the game and then you work out who's won based on the number of points um, oh, which cool. is is a really neat little addition to the game um, especially to risk having a timer yeah. on risk is brilliant yeah, it's it was fantastic. So yeah, basically, um, that was a fix um, that the company made to combat a lot of the issues people had with Risk, the fact that it does take forever. So that was really cool. I really liked yeah, that. I think but I wouldn't necessarily a similar clock. Yeah. <laughs> well, they added that speed dice, didn't they? Oh, they did Monopoly. too, that's true. That yeah, they did, true. yeah. Um, but I've never played it with it, so I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but basically, um, yeah, I thought it was a really good idea, and I, I'm not exactly going to go and play Lord of the Rings Risk again, um, but I would certainly recommend um, that mechanic on it. Yeah, so I'm not so I'm not exactly going to play Lord of the Rings Risk again, but I do really rate that mechanic in, in that game, mm. and it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so, yeah. So um, another one for me... Um, and this, I wouldn't. This game, I wouldn't say is a bad game. It's just a game I wouldn't necessarily play again. Um, was Lords of Zillit? And there's uh, yeah, a few okay. things I like in Lords of Zillit. I do like the programming element because I love programming games. But mm-hmm. the thing that I got most excited about when playing it was the scoring system. Yes, uh, very good. And how the scoring system works is you score in three different areas. And at the start of the game, you you will randomly select which of these areas will score first, second, and third. So let's say we had a four-player game. Then in the when you score the first thing, whoever has the lowest score, kick them out. And then <laughs> yeah, you'll out. score the second thing. And then whoever's got the lowest score, kick them out. And then you score the third thing, and whoever has the highest score, they win. So what it means is that you don't have to be doing the best in everything. You only have to be doing better than the person who's coming second in the last one. And you just have to make sure you're not at the bottom of the others, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a genius thing, because when you're playing the game, you're constantly thinking like, okay, well, I just have to make sure I'm not at the bottom of the first score track so that I can make it to the second score track and, and things like this. And it adds a whole element to the game, which to me was really new, um, and I got really excited about it. Uh, it's just a shame that the other bits of the game, I think Lords of Zid is one of those games where I almost wish I was playing it online and it did a lot of the fiddly stuff for you. Yeah. Because um, with any programming game when it's kind of like, okay, I do my number one, you do your one, you do one, you'll do one. My two, your two, your two, your two. The thing is, every now and then people kind of jump ahead of somebody else or they think they've done their number two. And then we go, oh no, I haven't got that far yet. Okay, what was your number two? And you get this kind of thing happening. And it's almost like in Robo Rally sometimes where to speed the game up, people start just moving their thing a couple of steps ahead, but then people get confused. And have you found found that same thing happening in programming games? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, a programming game I like is Colt Express, but that doesn't necessarily that, have the issue because you do that yeah, round by round. That, but that that fixes it in a really clever way, actually. Yeah, um, it so makes you still it so have accessible. variation. Um, yeah. variations of turns and stuff but it's it's less and also what other people do matters in in programming games so yeah to have yeah. that extra chance to fix it is great but in in sorry and it's take it off, take it on a tangent I'm, I'm talking about cult express again but um <laughs> the fact that you can uh the the trick is remembering what people have done 
rather yeah, than like that's right. you know just oh I'm going to try and plan this five moves and then someone does something to screw you up and then you know you've got four moves essentially wasted Occult Express doesn't do that and I like that but having yeah. said that Lords of Zidit I did really enjoy um, and that not just because I won but um, because it, I enjoyed the elements of the game like you said the scoring system fantastic it's a surprise that that doesn't crop up more actually because yeah. um, especially games with multiple scoring elements it would be cool to have to just try and balance it all a little bit rather than just, oh, I'm just going to do really well in this area and, and not really count or care that much about the other areas and they still win. And that's quite yeah. frustrating yeah. if if yeah. you experience that from a, the losing point of view. But yeah, uh, yeah Lord of Zid, it was a fun game, very simple. Um, you do have to plan ahead. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I, I can see why some people would prefer yeah, less I think, fiddly version of it. Yeah, it's a hard thing saying, you know, good mechanics in bad games it's just for me i i think the game could be better but there were some amazing mechanics within the game that i really enjoyed yeah well i have another choice um have you ever played the game portal the video game yes i have well they released a board game of that game yeah um, and it does that. have a very good fitting theme it does uh-huh. take a lot of the elements out of the video game and add it to the board game but the game itself is a bit meh. It's yeah, just I think that's not a good that. Description. It's just not that exciting. Um, yeah. It's probably better for people who are big fans of the game than it would be for people who aren't. But there are still issues with that game, and I think that could be um, a much better video game based on it. But what yeah. is cool, and it doesn't get used a lot, is there's a mechanic in the game where you have these power-up cards, bonus cards, which sort of let you do an action, um, and you can play them any time on your turn, I think. Um, but on the reverse of them, so when you play these cards, you play them face down into a p- discard pile, but on the back of these cards, there is a rule change like that goes into effect whenever that card is visible. Like a global so, rule change. Exactly, so yeah. everybody is affected by cards that individuals play, which is cool. really cool. And you can use that strategically, obviously, oh, I'm going to play this card. Maybe it's not the best time to play it, but it will change the rules, which will benefit me. So I think that's a really cool idea that I haven't seen very much in games. That's true, Um, because there's another mechanic in Portal that I quite like, which is the scrolling board. Yeah. Uh, How the board scrolls across the table, I guess, Uh, which is kind of good because it's a video game port or I guess what yeah. you call it it's a board game or video game it's kind of cool to have a side scrolling mechanic thrown into the game um, but it's true the game when I played it it fell flat and it was a bit meh as well I think the game went for too long for what it was offering me yeah I mean I what I was really good I mean not to under not to be too down on the game because it was really cool that video games um, are becoming board games for example mm. The Witcher become a board X-Com. game Bioshock Infinite all of these kind of you know it's becoming more commonplace Mm. and there are good games as well Mm -hmm. but it's just a shame that um they you know because they used all these elements like glados is in there the companion cube the turret all this like the portals actually have a purpose in the game as well but it's just a shame that it's just such a uh, underwhelming game generally um yeah so yeah that's it really Uh, speaking of underwhelming games um, mm-hmm. This is one mechanic that I remember from a game which I found was underwhelming, uh, which is Steam Park. Okay. Um, I, th- I think a lot of people find it underwhelming because I used to try and teach that game. 
because uh, the thematically it's awesome. It's a robot theme park, and you you get robots to come to your theme park, and then they vomit oil and stuff everywhere. <laughs> it's quite a cool theme. But the bit I really like about the game is every time you want to attract robots to your park,、uh, let's say you want some red robots and you attract them, you will get some robots and put them in a bag, and then you will draw the robots out of the bag. So what you're essentially doing is influencing the robot pool. But you're not necessarily guaranteeing what you're getting out of it. Yeah.、Um, okay. And to me, that was an amazing mechanic, and it's just such a small component of the game. But I'd love to see that mechanic used as the as the main base of a game, one where there's a blind pool and everyone's trying to influence it、uh, to change the flow of the game. I would love to see that in another game. And that it, does sound really good, actually. It's a bit、yeah. like it's a bit like the、um, the mechanic in the village. With the priests, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. you can you can put in as much stuff as you want,、um, which will hopefully benefit you, but you might not still win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Just you improve your odds. I, I like, like that. that. Yeah, I want to see that but, in more games. Yeah, me too. Actually, you know, as a games designer, Ben, I do expect you to be taking notes, taking all these mechanics, <laughs> and putting them into one fantastic game in the future. I think that is true. This whole podcast, everything we've liked, I will take it and then. Put in one. Just create a new game like this. One、great. American breakfast of a board game. I call it that because <laughs> last time I had breakfast in America, they had everything: muffins, bacon. I love it. That、everything. sounds great. Why、Every、not make the game theme、of. about an American breakfast? Oh my goodness, I like it. it. It writes itself, Ben. Oh,、uh, one final thing, and it's a quick one because I don't necessarily dislike Forbidden Desert. I think it's a good game,、mm-hmm. uh, but there is a really cool mechanic in it, which I feel like isn't is. Is almost not better than the game, but a little <laughs> bit more above the game, basically.、Mm-hmm. And that's、yep. the finding mechanic. So obviously, a lot of games you play with tiles that you know use the same tiles. They they can be repetitive and don't feel like you're playing a different game every every time. But what is really cool is when you are playing Forbidden Desert, you are trying to hunt down these four different items in order to complete your flying machine and get out there. But the way you find each of them is you have to excavate tiles, then turn them over, and the only way to reveal an item is to reveal two directional arrows, one pointing left or right, left and right, and then one pointing up and down. And as soon as you、yeah. reveal those, wherever the center point is, wherever those two arrows meet, that is where the item is revealed, which it, is cool. Yeah, it's it's almost like you, it gives you the latitude and the longitude, and once you've got both、yeah. pieces of information, it lines up, and then you know where the item is.、Uh, that. So, Yeah, that's a cool mechanic. It means every game that a particular item is always going to be in a different place. Yeah, and you can't plan. And and obviously the game, it it has a lot of good to it. But it's just you know in terms of a mechanic, that is a really good way to keep the replayability of the game. Yeah, quite. It was quite a very clever,、there. a clever way to do it. Yeah. No, I agree、mm. with that. It's good. So yeah, I mean, I think like I think we've all learned a lot here about.、Uh, About some good mechanics and bad games, would you say? <laughs> yeah, I feel bad using the term bad. It's just games、yeah. that I didn't really enjoy. Yeah, I agree, Ben. I totally agree.、Um, so, moving on. Now you、yes. came up with a a this week's giggle, right? And it's not the usual format. It's not us competing,、um, which is a shame because you know I do like to win and、uh, like to continue my sort of good streak. <laughs> But、yep. uh, this week you've got a new game. So yeah, what what tell us all about it? So I've decided to call this game Jeu de Plateau, which is my awful French 
attempt at saying ah uh, yes game. i was gonna say it's french <laughs> wasn't sure okay so that stands for board game okay nice so right. what does that how does this game work i'm guessing french is involved it is um so we discovered last time we went to essen uh that magicoro not only does it come in an insanely small box compared to the english version the french version isn't actually called magicoro it's called miniville which is kind of I a like cool that. name i almost prefer that and when I looked further into French names for board games, I found that they do change the names of quite a lot of board games. So I've got five games here, and yeah. these games are going to get uh, go up in difficulty. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and I want to see how many out of five you can get. So how many um, guesses do I get? Do I get like three guesses? I'll, I'll give you guesses. two guesses for each game. Okay, fair enough. Okay. All right, cool. I'm up so for So they'll it. go so... up in difficulty. So this is game number one. So this should okay. be nice and easy for you. <sighs> Famous now, last what words. <laughs> what I've done is I've taken the French name and then translated it literally into English. Okay. Okay. So I'm not going to be actually reading out French, so I don't have to offend all the ears of you people who are actually French speakers. <laughs> so game number one, the literal translation is The Adventurers of Rail. The Adventurers of Rails. Okay, so it's obviously a train game. And because you said they go up in difficulty, I'm going to guess it's one of the popular train games. So I'm going to say Ticket to Ride. It is. It is Ticket yes. to Ride. Yes. So Ticket that to Ride, nice um, in German it's Zigumzug, Zigumzug, something like that. Zigumzug. Oh, yes, because Zigumzug. I know yeah. I know what it is. Yeah, I've actually and read that before. In French, it's The Adventurers of Rail, which is kind of cool. I like, I like that. that. It's quite okay. a nice little game. Number two, next level yes. difficulty. This game is simply called Penguins. Okay, so the only game that I know that involves penguins off the top of my head also has a good name, but I can also see why they've changed it. Is it... Oh, I don't know the specific... I hope you mean... If not, if I don't say it 100% right, I hope you know <laughs> yeah, what game right. I mean. That's is it right. Hey, Where's My Fish? Yes, it's Hey, That's My Fish. Oh, okay, good. Hey, That's yes. My Fish. I should know that, but I've not I haven't played that for ages. So. No, that's all right. But cool, no, all right, well that's good. Two out Penguins. of five. Okay, so we're now transitioning into the more difficult ones. So, okay. so Hey, That's My Fish is Penguins, and this one is simply <laughs> called The Island. The Island, okay, because there's a couple of games that involve islands. Um Obviously, one related to a game we mentioned earlier on in this podcast. But for some reason, I don't know if it is that one. Um, there's another game, which is a very old game, like 30 years old now. I don't know if it's that one, because that one also involves an island. Well, you have two guesses. Yeah, I guess I could guess them both. They're like the obvious choices. But before I commit, I wanted to think about any other <laughs> island-based games. All right, so I'm going to guess the first instinct I had, which was survive. Escape from it Life. is survived. Yes, it Woo. is the island. So, what would they call Forbidden Island then? Would it they is call called Lille and Teddy, the Forbidden Island. Oh, so it is directly translated. Is. Okay, yeah. interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm glad I went with that guess then. Well, they have they have <laughs> translated to French because some board games just have the English name on. Yeah, um, and like Carcassonne. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> this one, they've actually just translated it into French and then put it on. But yeah, Survive. Because I was thinking when I chose this one, I'm like, it could be Survive, it could be Forbidden Island, but it could even be Catan. Um, yeah, Because it is so. just one big island. But yeah. uh, 
Catan. Do you know, I don't see that Catan. as an island purely because I imagine in my head I, I expand it to be like this massive yeah. place because the settlements otherwise they're too close together, and so I feel like in my head it's like this gigantic place, like um, you know, like well. I was going to say, like, Britain, but that is technically an island. <laughs> so ignore what I just said. So we're now moving... Three out of three is pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm happy with this. I think even if I do disastrously from now on, I feel like, okay, I kind of did okay. Okay. This is number four. Uh, I feel like this one's too easy now. Maybe I should give you a, a more difficult one. Okay, I'll stick with it. Number four is Assault on the Empire. So... This obviously is a game where you're, you've got armies involved. Assault on the Empire feels like it's a game... From that, it sounds like it's a game where you've got many versus one. Or it's like a cooperative game or something. Mm. Because it's like, oh, we're against the Empire and everyone else is. But then I guess you could just be playing as armies and that would be it. I don't want to say it's the obvious answer... Go for it. You've got two guesses. Game. Of course you want me to go for it, because you want me to go wrong. <laughs> um, well, I'm just going to say this one, because like I said, even if I do wrong, it's fine, and I've got another guess. I'm going to say, is it Risk? It's not. Okay, so it's not Risk. Ooh, this is tough. I don't know. I, I'm stuck here. I am going to have to just guess an army-based game. I can't think... I'm just going to have to give up, because I literally... No, I can't give up, but there's got to be an army-based game that I can think of. <laughs> Why can I not think of any games? Stratego, I don't know. No, it is no. Imperial Assault. Imperial. Oh, okay, okay, fine. Empire, Star Wars, I get it. Yeah. All right. So, fine. It's, so it's, it's it's Imperial Assault. It says in yeah. English, it's the Imperials assaulting, and okay. in French, they're assaulting on the Empire, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. I, the only reason I want to say I failed out is because I don't know that much about Star Wars. <laughs> no, like, I know well, enough to know that it's about the Empire, but When you were good. saying it's one versus many, and I was like, how? How is he getting this? How is he doing so well? <laughs> it's um, just well well translated, actually, I think. I, yeah, well done, be. the French. Well, I wonder what you think of number five. This is the most okay. difficult one. All right. So three out of four is still pretty good. See if you can get this one. In French, the game is called The Hairy. The Hairy? What? Yeah. The Hairy, is it involving, like, cavemen? For some reason, that's just what jumps out at me. Um, the Hairy. Oh, I, I think I know. But I think oh. also, I think I know that the game, I thought the game had a different title. I oh. am going to guess that it is a game called... The Grizzled. It is. How did you know yes. that? I don't know. For some reason, <laughs> I don't. I, I do remember seeing The Grizzled when we went to Essen, and yeah. it had a different name. And I can't remember for the life of me, but I think maybe back then I was like, what the hell does that mean? And I may have looked oh, it up, but I can't impressive. remember. But well it done. does make sense. It does make sense. It, no, it does. Awesome. It makes complete sense. Especially when you see the artwork as well. It yeah. does make even more sense. It is but a very hairy game. when I found out, and you think, would you, would you like to play the hairy? It's like, what is that about? It's about World War One and in the trenches. It's like, this is the hairy. But, wow, four out of five. Okay. I'm so happy with that. That's, I'm pretty happy now. I've got that well, one. We will have to play this game again, because I do have some more for you, and they are more difficult. Oh, interesting. Okay. Much well, I feel like, you know, I do deserve a bit of a, a difficulty upgrade after this performance. I think so. so. You, I, four out of five. I'm impressed, because... Um, 
I thought maybe you would have got two or three. So I'm oh, very okay. impressed. Brilliant. Well done. No wonder you keep thank winning you all much. the other games. <laughs> um, thank you. Anyway, th- that was a fun game, and I hope uh, I hope the listeners out there enjoyed it too. All right, well, that's it for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, if you have any comments, you have any good mechanics in bad games yourself um, that you found, please do get in touch. Twitter, Facebook, our website, Instagram, all that, and more. I don't know if there's more. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so thanks very much, Ben. Um, we will see you on next week's podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Chits and Giggles podcast. For more reviews and podcasts, visit for chitsandgiggles.com